Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Freedom Comics Podcast, starring Mark Clare and Rimzo Martinez. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been through crises together. We had to endure the trauma that was the story about Spider-Man that no one will speak of, written by J.J. Abrams and his son. We have gone through so much together, including Captain America starting a race war, uh, a post-apocalyptic samurai story with a nugget person as the main character. So many memories. But it wouldn't be an end-of-the-year episode if we could not come here together and look at the things we loved within the world of comics and fandom at large. So you know what this is. This is the SPC annual award show for the first time ever, ever, ever. Is that what they do at award shows? Blow a, blow a horn? It, it's know. something. It, it's it's <laughs> it's like that. I feel like we should have a... We should now have like presenting a sol- your hosts. We should have had like a celebrity guest or something. I feel like we're not special enough, but it is our show. So I think people will have to do with us. Well, I'm wearing a tuxedo, aren't you? Uh, I'm wearing my birthday suit. Thank God this is an audio only <laughs> show. Works. Yeah, well, the listeners at home can imagine us in whatever regalia type gear that they choose for this awards episode. But uh, this is the first time we're doing this. This is uh, I, I, I will call it the first annual. I'm willing to commit, depending on how things go today. To people have short memories, worst award, case yes. scenario. Yeah, but in the, in the past year, we did start uh, incorporating um, um, bum, bum, wow. Bum, 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 bum,
the potpourri shows our potpourri episodes uh where we discuss uh you know the comics we're reading the tv shows we're watching and those have been really popular with fans that's why we made it a uh, semi-regular segment of the show so this is really just the culmination of that for the year yeah we're going to be talking about uh some of the highlights of comic uh, inspired movie film and tv and of course Comic-inspired comics? Is that a thing? That's a thing <laughs> they, now. I think they're just called comics. <laughs> yeah. Or as Disney Marvel calls them, film merchandise. Yes. Toys. Things to buy. Consumption. Mark, you and I went ahead and got together and we started thinking, what, what are some of the things that we want to go ahead and highlight from the year 2021? Which it, it, it feels so crazy now since at the time of recording, we're only a few days away from New Year's. I feel like 2020 never ended. But 2021, one really long year, doesn't it? Yeah. But as I look back at 2021, I mean, um, I was recording when we had COVID. I remember recording on uh, on my new apartment floor. We've uh, we've gained a ton of new listeners, so many new listeners. We've we've gotten a bunch of uh, new Patreon people. Almost all of our listeners came this year, actually. So odds are, unless you're one of our very, very early Latcher honors, you found us this year. So welcome, all of you. Yeah, so this might be the make it or break it episode, because what Mark and I have done is we've gone ahead and broken down a bunch of different categories where you're either going to love us and agree with us and share the show with your friends, or you're going to think we're a bunch of fucking retards, and this will be the last episode you ever listen to. So this might be the ride or die episode. We might think that about each other by the end of this. I mean, you, I disagree with you sometimes on things, but I think I'm, I'm always cordial about it, except when you're really fucking wrong. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see um, where to start. I'm thinking we should start where where we where we come from with comics themselves with with the best ongoing comic book series of the year. So, Remzo, I'm not going to do the work to edit in drum rolls. I, I can pretend I'm going to, but I know I'm not. So why don't we just do who is your Remzo best comic of the year? It's got to go to Stillwater by Chip Zdarsky. Now, I want to say it was stiff competition, but. I would be lying. The last couple years, I have actually turned away from a lot of ongoing series. Uh, I've jumped more into mini series, which will be a category we talk about later. But in terms of ongoing books, this was actually recommended to me by the uh, guy over at Painted Vision Comics in Leesburg, Virginia, right around, I think, January of this year. I wanted to go ahead and start collecting something ongoing. So that way it gave me an excuse to go back to my comic shop every month. And uh, at the time, I was just just getting into Chip Zdarsky, who has been over at Marvel, and he's also been doing stuff over at Image Comics. Uh, Image, I, I like a lot of Image books, but I can't say since um, since Invincible I've ever collected an ongoing Image comic. So Chip Zdarsky, basically, as we've discussed in uh, past Popery episodes, he wanted to write essentially his own version of a Stephen King-like horror story. Now, I've never collected a non-superhero comic book. So I was really going out on a limb for this one. Yeah, but but Stillwater has been uh, captivating. I love the artwork. I love the story. Uh, It took a break for a few months, but it recently came back. And uh, I got to say that if you want something really refreshing, something that you could even show to non-comic book fans who like the horror genre, uh, Stillwater has 
been taking my money each and every month. And uh, I, I got to say, it's probably one of those sleeper hits where people who like like loiter around at their store and stuff, they're going to run into this book at some point. All the reviews of all aim that this is probably one of Chip Zdarsky's best books. So I'm going to go ahead and give best ongoing series to Stillwater at Image Comics. All right. Now, Remzo, you, this is a book you've been talking about for as as long as I can remember. We've been talking about comics uh, regularly and I have failed to check it out. So as we spoke, as you spoke, I was just sitting here as you spoke about this book just now. I took the leap. I know you might not be happy with the way I'm going to be consuming it. Maybe you'd prefer I was holding physical editions, but I did purchase the not purchase. <laughs> I did borrow on Hoopla the first volume of Stillwater. So I will read that sometime this month. Maybe we can even talk about it on a show. We'll I think you'll dig it. And I do love Stephen King, so I, that that you know, tying in the Stephen King uh, inspiration does uh, does add a little extra. It's like it, it's like a mix of like, it, and I know this isn't a Stephen King book. It's like a mix of um, of Children of the Corn meet Under the Dome. Okay, that's interesting. So, so if you like, so if you like Stephen King's Under the Dome. Uh, and if you like uh, Children of the Corn, I, I want to say it's like a merging of those two. But it's written in a very Stephen King style where it's not like gotcha in your face horror, but it's a progression into the realm of suspense and everything else. It's really good. A slow creep of creepiness. Yeah. All right. Well, that being said, it's time now for the reveal of my best ongoing series of 2021. And um, like you, Remzo, I have kind of drifted away from reading a lot of series regularly. Um, there are just a few that I happen to dip into. And oddly enough, I don't know if it's oddly enough, but a couple of the regular series I actually have been checking out are Marvel series simply because I think Marvel has two of my current favorite writers who are Donny Cates and Al Ewing. And uh, so I have, I've been checking out both Donny Cates' Venom, which is now, uh, you know, now they are actually, oddly enough, those two are, writers are swapping books. So Donny Cates is now taking over the new Hulk book while, um, while Al Ewing is taking over the Venom book. But I'm giving best ongoing series to one of these guys, and that is to Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk. And this is a book I have been on since the very beginning. It finally wrapped up this year uh, with issue 50. And I, a lot of this is because I am such a big Hulk fan. And you did introduce me to World War Hulk uh, during, I think that was a 2021 episode we did as well. I did enjoy that story. But to me, I just, outside of that, which I, I liked, but it still didn't quite capture me the way that Peter David's Hulk captured me growing up. Uh, I just always loved the the various facets of the Bruce Banner psyche and how those kind of came out in the various Hulk personas. And that is something that Al Ewing really just did phenomenal work with on this book. Uh, and I don't want to forget, this is, this is what makes it the best book to me, the best ongoing. The art of Joe Bennett is just so it just perfectly complements uh, Al Ewing's style. It's very much uh, probably not in the, in the similar way to Stillwater, but it is very much a horror book. It is very much the Hulk reinterpreted as a horror character, and it introduces so many interesting concepts. Especially, I, did you finish that that series, Remzo? By the way, how how much can I? I mean, I'll spoil it, but either way, yeah, but. yeah. I mean, I I, I finished uh, Marvel Unlimited, but you know, I, I I gotta say the only reason why. I wouldn't have put the Immortal Hulk as my best ongoing series this year is because it's been probably Marvel's best book by, you know, by both fans and critics for the past couple of years. I yeah. mean, it, no one really expected the Hulk to be so good. But in 2019, when they launched it, 
it was just kicking ass left and right. And then 2020, that was really the one book that was getting Marvel most of their acclaim. So I felt like it had gotten um, enough attention. So it's like, you know, maybe I'll go ahead and go over to Stillwater. But I mean, this is the, the, the best Hulk series in probably two decades. Easily, easily. Yeah. And there not only does it incorporate so much of the past of Bruce Banner, it incorporates the history of his father. Um, it incorporates it actually it kind of retcons uh, so that there is actually a history between the leader and Bruce Banner that goes back to like the 1800s from their families. Like it really it, I, I like retcons when they just add to the history and add to the richness and don't have to we don't have to wipe out everything we've seen before. And I think Al Young did a tremendous job doing that in the Immortal Hulk, as well as introducing these new concepts, uh, this concept where the Hulk is essentially immortal. I mean, he can't die now. Uh, and like, you know, if you, if you kill the body, it just kind of reemerges. Uh, this concept of the green door, this concept of the one below all, how, how the leader ties into it. And it's just so crazy. <laughs> and there, there's so much crazy stuff that happens in this book, but it's, it always stays fun while always feeling super intense. Uh, it's just, it's just one of the best books I think I've really read in years. It's, it's one, it's the book that's captured me more than any other. I mean, I would give consolation prizes to Donny Cates, Venom slash King in black, the, the culmination of, of a couple years of his story on there. I really enjoyed, uh, as well as Donny Cates Thor. Uh, and then I'm, I guess I'm just naming all, all my consolation prizes. And then from image, I really did enjoy crossover this year. That was another one. They, those are kind of my, my runners up. But at the end, um, just the way that Donnie, uh, Donnie Case, the Al Ewing wrapped up this series, wrapped up two and a half years of this book. Uh, I just I just had to hand it to him for this one. So Immortal Hulk gets my best ongoing. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's definitely a worthy one. I need to pick up crossover soon. They start putting out the trade paperback graphic novels. Yep. So I think that's going to be how I jump in. Um all righty. And uh, I, I think I may have spoiled it a little bit with uh, with my best ongoing series, but I think I want to go ahead and jump in the best writer. We this, may as well. Th- this guy has come up from really nowhere. He started in indie comics. Then he went over to Marvel. I think he also wrote a few books uh, over at DC. Um, and now he's doing, you know, an ongoing series at uh, at Image. I, I want to give a shout out to Tom Taylor, who's not my best writer of the year. I think Tom <laughs> Taylor, if we had done this in 2020, I would have definitely uh, given him something for um, deceased dead planet. Um, but, you know, while he still it, it was very close, my, my the only reason why I'm not giving this to Tom Taylor is because his Superman Son of Kal-El series has disappointed me so much this year. Um, it has just like, you know, they, they came out with one really good, um, annual issue, but it's not enough to save the whole series. And he hasn't done anything else. He, he used to be really good at multitasking, you know, writing multiple series at once, or at least they can't, they all were published at the same time. But, uh, I mean, th- this really dragged him down. If he had just done Superman, Son of Kal-El, uh, right. I think I would have been happier, but that that's why he's not my favorite ongoing writer this year writer in general. So I got to go ahead and give it to the man who has just been knocking it out of the park um, across publishers, across genres, across series. Chip Sidarsky, who's the writer for Stillwater, who's the writer for Daredevil, who has written, um, you know, what will be my favorite miniseries when we get to that. Uh, Chip Sidarsky understands 
the characters he writes more than any other writer. I think it's always great when a writer comes in with their own rendition, their own version of a character. But um, Chip Zdarsky really jumps into the heart of that. He understands his fans. While I definitely think he skews more towards the horror genre, and we're definitely seeing that in Stillwater, um, his current Daredevil series in which Elektra uh, filled in as Daredevil for a time really brought back Daredevil from like a seven-year spell of just really underwhelming stories. So he went ahead and brought Daredevil back into importance. Um, He's been knocking it out of the park since. So my favorite writer of 2021 goes to Chip Zdarsky. Little Chip Zdarsky note. He actually wrote one issue of Crossover. Uh, Somewhat of a spoiler, I guess. You haven't read it yet, but I'm going to... He did kind of like a guest issue and... I don't know if you know the general plot of crossover, but, yeah. but basically a bunch of comic characters come into the real world and it's a whole thing. And like, and like people involved in the comics industry actually become vilified because they're, some of them are seen as responsible of, uh, as responsible for what's going on. Uh, so Chip Zdarsky in this, in the episode, here we go again, Remzo. It wouldn't wow. be, it wouldn't be a year end show if I did not mix up the wow. words, issues and episodes. Wow. Wow. Um, but yeah, he writes an episode of crossover in which he, he himself is a main character character in in the issue oh now um, i so definitely have to buy it yeah so th- to me you know that just adds to your case not only did he do everything that you mentioned but he also did an episode uh, an issue of crossover in which he is the main character of the issue and it, i won't spoil what happens because i want you to enjoy it but uh yeah I, I i i really do appreciate the work of chip Zdarsky as well um moving on to my best writer this was kind of tough for me um my gut instinct was to give it right to Al Ewing um, for the best ongoing for uh, Immortal Hulk. But when I thought about it a little bit more and I thought about the sort of the breadth of, you know, what writer has really, you know, captured me over the over several different comics. And for Al Ewing, it's really just the Immortal Hulk is the only book I've been following. Now I am following his Venom now that he's hopped over there. Um, but I did have to give it to someone else due to the volume of the work that I enjoyed by this writer. Um so this writer has done a number of books. I already mentioned him. He has done uh, Venom and The King in Black. He has had an amazing run on Thor. And he is the writer and creator of Crossover, which I've also enjoyed. So considering he wrote three different books that I enjoyed pretty much all year long, I'm actually giving my best writer to Donny Cates. That sounds fair. I mean, he, he came into books that nobody thought had a chance of selling well or actually being important. And he made them matter. What he did to Thor, people that have never bought a Thor comic were telling me that they were buying Donny Cates Thor. Venom, which usually hadn't been able to uh, hold on to a writer more than like a dozen issues, finally got a full series run with Cates. And uh, I mean, probably the best Venom run of all time on an actual ongoing Venom. I mean, at least as far as any Venoms that I've read, I sent had highs and lows, but. Yeah, I, I sent uh, a graphic novel version of uh, Donny Cates' first volume of Venom. I think it was called Venom Rex. And mm-hmm. I sent it to one of our listeners, Paul, and he straight up said it's one of the best stories he's read from yeah. from recent, you know, from a publisher that was, you know, a story that was published recently. Because he's like, I'm not into current Marvel DC, but this is one of the best current books I've read 
in in years. It's another great example of, of a, a retcon that actually just adds to the richness and history of the character um, that Donny Cates really did uh, by tying in uh, the concept of Null and the symbiotes as this sort of greater race of which uh, the Eddie Brock Venom is just one of. And then later through the King and Black series, he actually becomes I can spoil it. It's been out for a few months. He actually becomes the new King and Black. So the now only Marvel crossover event worth knowing about. Yeah, for sure. It, it actually has ramifications uh, throughout several books and several characters. So it is it is one of those events that, that definitely does matter in the grand scheme. And it's pretty damn entertaining uh, to boot. Yeah, um, th- this this book and really everything he's done. Um, I, I don't think I, I don't think Marvel understands that if they screw around with Donnie Cates, they're going to lose money. And I think that was part of the switch over to Immortal Hulk because they wanted to go ahead and stick him on a few other books um, as far as the rumor mill is concerned. Um, I, I do think that, uh, you know, if he went over to another publisher, people would follow him over because he has a rock star effect. And uh, I'd say the same thing about Chip Zdarsky, maybe Tom Taylor, uh, Tom Taylor, who wrote Injustice, really the the all the Injustice uh, series. Um, you know, he, he has a bit of a rock star following, but really I, yeah, and he's, he, he's, he's rocking on, on Marvel and DC at the same time. Tom yeah. Taylor, so he's, he's living everywhere. Yeah. I mean, all three of those writers are writers where it's like, I will read their books to read their stories, not necessarily because I'm that interested in the characters. So they could go ahead and put him on a book that I'm not really into, but I would pick it up because I know he's writing it. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah. shall we move on? Shall Let's we do, do what? Best artist next? Best artist, because you and I both agreed on this. Uh, I feel yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. I feel like this very mini mini series has taken several years to come out. I think the final issue came out recently, which I have to go grab when I'm back in Wisconsin. But uh, I did not expect that I would love this book so much when it came out with the first issue in 2020. It easily became probably the one issue that every comic book nerd needed to grab. And the artwork is just fan freaking phenomenal. Our both Mark and I agreed and we didn't even, you know, discuss this prior. We both came to our own conclusion on this one. Best artist goes to Kevin Eastman from TMNT, The Last Ronin. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I have been a longtime uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, of course, like many children my age. I was first introduced through the animated series, which is awesome. But it is a uh, once you actually get into the actual comic lore of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you realize how sort of uh, merchandiseified that that show was. Um, It was really just made to create, you know, sell toys and such as these things go. Um, But I have when I got into when I became a teenager and started getting into comics and then found out there was all this comic book lore of Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles, I really started to dig into that. So I did read a lot of that old Eastman and Laird TMNT. Um, The uh, Eastman's always been a great, great artist and his, his art just always feels just right for the times and for the turtles uh, for the turtle story he's telling at that time. So his art has definitely evolved um, over the last couple decades of dipping in and out of telling these turtle stories. But this one, I mean, this is like, uh, this is truly, I think his best work on any turtles I've ever seen. Um, I think the black and white uh, is, is, you know, that it always sets the tone for the turtles in the right way. I always prefer turtles in, in black and white. I think there are color editions out now as well. Um, but either way, I mean, his art is just phenomenal. I mean, 
I don't even know how to describe it. You just got to go pick up this book. I mean, you need to see it to believe it. If you're either a fan of, if you've never read Turtles before, this is great. You know, if you only like kind of loosely know the characters from TV or animated series, that works too. Um, And if you're a longtime Turtles fan, I think you're going to absolutely love this. I don't don't see how anybody couldn't love this this story. And the only reason, we'll get to the next category next. Um, I just, I'll just spoil that it didn't win this category. The only reason they didn't give it best miniseries is because it's not over yet. (laughs) And I just need, I want to see it complete but that's really it's almost a technicality because it was really close on that one yeah i mean this book um i I had never collected any of the teenage mutant ninja turtle comics um before this uh i I knew what they were about i knew that it started off as a daredevil satire of the frank miller era of comics so i i I have seen some of the old uh books and i i obviously watched the movies and stuff growing up but like this book one i want to preface if this is your first time hearing about this is not really for children at all this is the logan this is the unforgiven this is like you know the the, the most, logan of tmnt would be a good way to put it really yeah good way to put it. only only way i could describe it so definitely pick it up um it's uh it's it's phenomenal my only criticism of the book as a whole is i wish that the books themselves were a size smaller so they could actually fit in a bag and board other than that i mean it's um it, it's such or are a they that book. annoying size where they don't fit in any actual bags and boards it's like half an inch wider than a traditional book this is one of those books i could see even though i pretty much i'm almost exclusively digital when the whole thing is out i could see picking up a nice collected edition for the bookshelf because that's just, gonna it, be this so is one good. i will i will revisit probably i've already read this twice and it's not even over yet like i've read up to where we are i think it's the fourth or fifth issue and I'm, that's how immersed in the story i am and how many little like kind of little snippets there are of all these characters especially if you've read various iterations over the years i mean there's so many callbacks so many references to other characters even though it is really just about one turtle um it really just explores the entire lore of of tmnt so it's awesome didn't win best mini as which maybe we can do next again like i said on a technicality but uh just because it's not complete yet but i mean i absolutely recommend this series to everybody and like many of the things we talk about it's available on hoopla get hoopla it's freaking awesome it's free and everyone loves free uh, on to the next category, which we teased a bit, is best miniseries. Um, I, I just realized that uh, I've got a bit of a pattern going on because everything seems to be connected to one person. Um, I, I read a lot of miniseries this year. Obviously, The Last Ronin. I read um, Crime Syndicate, which started off really cool, but kind of fizzled. And yeah, uh, a, a few that's, others. That's my, that's my review of Crime Syndicate as well. Yeah, and, and a few other stuff relates like future state and a, and a couple other things. Um, the, the, the mini series seems to be the only reason why I'm going back to Marvel. Really? Uh, I have really avoided anything Marvel has published recently, but this book, um, they, it did not get a lot of attention, which surprised me, but just like Stillwater, for people that read it, whether they were critics or fans, it was universally praised as one of the best Spider-Man stories published in recent memory. Uh, I do want to also preface that this guy wrote Spider-Man Life Story about a year and a half ago, and that was another phenomenal, like absolutely breathtakingly awesome Spider-Man story. So I wasn't yeah, too surprised. I'm in the midst of the Fantastic Four life story right now. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that up when it's completely done. But uh, he wrote he wrote Spider-Man life story, and he came back for another uh, Spider-Man story this year. 
Best miniseries for me goes to Spider-Man, The Spider's Shadow by Chip Zdarsky. Another Chip Zdarsky building that case. Yeah, he is. Uh, right. he, he wanted to write. So they wanted to give him a Spider-Man spinoff series, but he was like, no, I want to go ahead and just do a one and done type of story. Uh, then what they were like was, well, what if we gave you what if so you could have a bunch of one and done stories, but you could still do something regular. So he was like, how about we do a mix of both? So he wrote a what if branded Spider-Man story basically about what if Spider-Man chose the evil within the symbiote instead of fighting it off. And while that might not necessarily sound like the most groundbreaking story, we've had variants of the the Spider-Man symbiote suit saga. Um, this one, like everything else he does, it dives straight into horror because the first issue, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of real dark, creepy monologues. Um, you might think you know how this book ends, but I could tell you issue by issue. I was like, gosh, damn, this is wild. So if you have not checked this out, this was easily um, if you like Spider-Man life story, this is a really good follow up in terms of, you know, Chip Zdarsky jumping back into Peter Parker's life. But this as a what if story, as a Spider-Man story, uh, it it delivers everything you want and more. I didn't think I could ever be surprised by Spider-Man story. And this one shocked me each time I picked it up. So Chip Zdarsky, Spider-Man, the Spider Shadow. All righty. Well, for me, I did not read Spider Shadow. So perhaps uh, I will dip into the old Marvel Unlimited and and check that one out as well. Uh, But for me, this was a series that I almost can't believe it didn't get the hype it did because uh, it came off the heels of uh, Dark Knight's death metal. And, you know, I, I think maybe there was just so much going on in DC Comics at the time that it almost it almost seemed like an afterthought, but it, it really should not have been. Um, it, you know, I, I think I think the DC stuff got so confusing, too, for a lot of people this year, because first they were doing this 5G thing that was going to lead into Future State. Then they kind of scrapped 5G and kind of just did Future State. And now it's kind of like, does the Future State stuff matter? Does it not? It seems to. But then other series seem to not quite matter. So it's all a little bit confusing. But I think lost in that whole shuffle was this miniseries that came out. This is Infinite Frontier by Jack. Joshua Williamson. And to me, I mean, this was like, this almost felt like a, you know, a, a classic DC, not quite a crisis event, but it was definitely like a, a multiversal uh, series. And it, this to me was actually, I think, I think I actually enjoyed this more than Dark Knight's Death Metal, which at many times felt like too much, felt like, felt a little too confusing, felt like I had to have read six other of the crossovers to fully understand what was going on. Whereas this was a, I don't want to call it a, a story spanning multiverse is simple, but it was a, a fairly straightforward story confined within this concept of the multiverse. And it just featured so much cool shit happening. My God, there's so much awesome shit going on in this series. Uh, we have the, uh, what's his name? What's the, what's the president? Superman? Calvin name? Ellis, Calvin. president have, Superman. Yeah. Basically, I mean, we have the justice and just justice league. And in, in, I think they're, they're now called justice, justice incarnate. incarnate. But it was something else before. I think they just turned into Justice Incarnate for this new series. So this series sets up Justice Incarnate. We have so many amazing multiversal characters interacting with each other. We have the Flashpoint Batman, Thomas Wayne. Um, he's back. He's still here. Um, but he kind of gets wrapped up with this whole this whole multiversal thing and ends up kind of in like this buddy comedy role with the, the President Superman, Calvin Ellis, which is just a blast uh, the whole time. You get so many awesome characters. You get the return of Roy Harper as a Black Lantern infused with 
with like dark side omega powers. You have uh, Barry Allen like racing through the multiverse. You have Psycho Pirate, who, as we mentioned in our Crisis episode, remembers all the Crisis events, and he's always a crucial part of this. You have freaking Dark Side showing up, um, all battling the the, the Justice, Justice Incarnate, which includes characters like Captain freaking Carrot, Captain, Captain Carrot. freaking Carrot. My God, um, it's just it's just such a fun series. Uh, th- that is the way I would describe it. I really enjoyed every single issue. Um, I, I did that kind of. I was considering um, also Grant Morrison Superman and the Authority. I did enjoy that series, um, but and and well, I guess I can't give it the criticism of it's just setting up another series because that's what this is doing too. This is just setting up another series, Justice Incarnate, which I'm already enjoying as well uh, after reading the first issue. I think it's the first two issues I've read already. Uh, but yeah, this was just an absolute blast. This is what multiversal fun should be. It should be fun. It should be crossing over weird characters that you would never expect crossing over, but it also feels like it has stakes, even though it, it seems like it's kind of separate from the rest of what's going on in the DC universe. Um, it, it, it does feel really important. I mean, the stuff they're dealing with, it's 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 dark side. It's dark side t- trying to gain you know the access to this power created through the events of you know Dark Knight's Death Metal. So wh- whenever one crisis events, there's all, you know there's always another crisis that spurns out of it. But this one just kind of feels like it's going in, on in the background of the DC universe. I don't see a ton of hype about it. Oddly enough, uh, when it feels like it should be a super hyped series. Uh, so I'm giving my best ongoing to Infinite Frontier A because it just didn't really seem to get the praise that I, I think it deserves, and B. It just was fun. I mean, it was just a series that every issue I was I, at the end. I was just like, man, that was fun. And that's what comics should be. So that's why it gets my best mini. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I think the reason why it didn't get so much attention was because so many people were upset with a uh, with future state and mm-hmm. rightfully so. And when they came out with issue zero of Infinite Frontier, we had to wait four months for issue one to come out. So I don't well, know. Issue zero wasn't even part of the series. That was like something else. That was like an infant frontier special that was supposed you're, to. You're right. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people saw it that way. So when they saw it, they kept that it, there was such a delay. It was like, well, is this going to be as relevant as it was? And um, I, I wish there was more like I, I've been collecting Brian Michael Benz's Justice League, which is not what I expected it to be. I thought that they would, you know, allude to some of that stuff, but it's just become a Naomi book and I'm, I'm not very happy with that, but yeah, I mean, when I, I only know about Naomi, cause uh, you know, our friends at the weird science uh, DC comics podcast or all the, all the weird science podcasts are, are really one of my favorite uh, podcasts to listen to that are not our podcast. Um, but uh, they, you know, it, Jim has a really an, an ongoing sort of uh, I wouldn't call it love hate. I would just call it hate, hate, hate. <laughs> of Naomi. And that most of my Naomi info comes from Jim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I have not picked up um, justice incarnate yet. I think I want to, I, I think I, I think I want to wait to hear if you're happy with after a few more issues before I pick it up. But you after know. reading the first two, I can say it just, it just feels like a continuation of infinite frontier. So I, yeah, I, I'm super loving it. So well, far. that that's enough to sell me then. Remzo, we got Magog. We got Magog interacting with president Superman and Thomas Wayne <laughs> flashpoint Batman. I mean, what more could, could you freaking ask for true 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 ah uh, what category are we doing next shall we wrap up the 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 last couple comic categories and then we'll get into uh the the, the tv film yeah let's do it that. All right, well, we've got two more comic categories left. Um, why don't we say best publisher for last? So I think next we'll look at the best new title. This is a new series that did not exist previously to 2021. Remzo, I'll toss it to you first. I know a lot of you are not happy with how certain comic books are formatted, but you go ahead and you try and collect them nonetheless. 
I am guilty of this. I have collected the Spawn series by Todd McFarlane simply for the cover art without having any clue what's going on. Because for these image books, they don't give you a recap page. They're not really good at catching you up to what's going on. But there was no way I could have stayed away from all the new Spawn universe books that have been coming out from Image Comics. We've got King Spawn, we've got Scorched, we've got uh, some other Spawn series, but then the one that really caught my attention was Gunslinger Spawn. Basically, all you need to know is that Spawn has basically become the king of hell. And during this process, he basically pulled all the other Spawns throughout history into our modern times. And one of them was the cowboy bounty hunter Spawn, who is basically a cowboy Spawn who... Well, I can't really explain it more than that. It's a cowboy spawn. It might <laughs> yeah, it might sound it might say. sound kind of dumb, but it is so freaking badass. I picked up issue one without uh, knowing much of what was going on. I did a few uh, minutes of googling to catch me up, but issue one was a giant super supersized issue. Just a ton of fun. They had a bunch of guest artists and writers doing mini stories in there. It is is fan service to the ninth degree and yesterday i picked up issue three um with a with a with a variant cover and uh i listen if you've never read spawn if you've always wanted to pick up spawn gunslinger spawn has just been so much freaking fun and it's nice to collect something ongoing not from marvel or dc um I haven't done this in, in years. So gunslinger spawn easily the best ongoing series. I can't, I can't explain much more. I mean, it's just best new series. Best, yeah. Best new series of 2021. Like I can't, I, I can't go any further. It's just, it's just action and ass kicking and bad jokes. And it's just so good. All right. Well, I've only, I actually have not checked that out yet. I have, I'm still working my way through the, that spawn universe special, which introduces the character. So, uh, but, uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I did read King spawn. What'd you think of King spawn? I have not read King spawn. Okay. Well, I, enjoyed I want it. I to, it was- I want to, I just haven't yet. Pretty much. This is my review of almost every spawn book i've ever read it's always it's never like this is the most amazing writing i've ever seen or read but it's always i always go away thinking this was fucking cool <laughs> so that, and that's how i would describe king spawn as well like is this the best book i ever read no but it's pretty fucking cool that's my review that's spawn. the only way you really describe it it's really fucking yeah. cool <laughs> indeed indeed uh so yeah so uh for my best new series it's still not quite clear how long this series is going on or if it's just a mini but it does appear uh, i've already read six issues and it appears that the story is not over so there there's definitely more coming so uh but this one is a series that it seemed to get a lot of hype when it first came out due to its connection to a rather famous movie star who had a new movie that just came out um that being the one and only Keanu Reeves and his book Berserker, which he is the co-writer of. Um, and this book is like, like I've seen a lot of people like kind of knocking this book for not being anything, you know, terribly new, um, you know, not being that amazing. Like it's more just like because Keanu Reeves and I get that criticism to an extent. I like, this is not like the greatest book I've ever read, read, but it is planting enough interesting seeds to constantly keep me interested. And the art complements 
it so well that I should say it's it's quote unquote by Keanu Reeves. It's by by Keanu Reeves slash Matt Kent. Uh, so I think Matt Kent is really like the writer, and Keanu is more kind of like an executive producer. This, this makes me well. I, I would not have picked this book up if it were not for Keanu Reeves. I'll I be, wouldn't have either. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, but Matt Kent when he did Exo Manowar. That's probably mm-hmm. one of the best comic book series I've ever read. Of course, I was yeah, going to get a lot of the great Valiant stuff. He did a good yeah. uh, Ninjak run as well. Yeah, like I, be, because of him alone, the these long setup stories are always worth the payoff. I even picked up issue six of this the other day. Yeah, so it's worth I, yeah, the four ninety nine so, price tag. That's the thing. Yeah. Like yeah, these are have, big, expensive books, but they're worth it. Yeah, they, I mean, it's and. Not to be, um, I mean, the writing is good and it, it's, it's just, it's really just planting seeds we're kind of learning the story about this, this guy and like, you know, what his real origin is. He's basically this immortal and we're just, you know, he's learning about his past while we're learning about his past. So it's, it's kind of one of those things. And yes, we've seen this story told before, but you know, that we could probably say that about just about any story at the end of the day. Uh, but uh, the art is so good too. I mean, Ron Garney, my God, Ron Garney did that Captain America run. You, you referenced earlier when Captain America becomes a scroll and starts a race war that, that we talked about earlier this year i mean ron garney's been around a while and i've always enjoyed his art he, he has this he, i feel like ron garney can really adapt to whatever the tone of a book needs to be so in the, that captain america run it, it felt like it should i mean it was it was very much like a captain america as like a more like a spy story you know like a 007 captain america um, more so than this huge superhero thing even though it did involve scrolls eventually um where whereas you know this one it just it just feels so I don't know. Gritty, I guess would be a word, but like, I, I don't know. I feel like that word might, it, the meaning gets lost a little bit, but it, it feels appropriate for the stories that they're telling here with this berserker character. Um, and I don't know what else I've ever read from boom studios, if anything. So this is definitely my favorite boom studios book. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what else is boom studios done? Well, they're owned by Netflix. So they've been, okay. they've been republishing oh. like a lot of the Mark Millar books, like uh Jupiter, gotcha. Jupiter's legacy and stuff like that. Too. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But um, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll see where this is going. I mean, I think I think this is supposed to lead to uh, was it a Netflix movie or a Netflix series? A Netflix movie starring and produced by Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So this is just hyping us all up for that. And guess what? It's working because I'm loving the series and I'm really it, I think one thing I really love about it is that it feels like a film. It actually just yeah. feels like a film, especially because the main character is physically based on Keanu Reeves. So it really does feel like I'm just like inside of a, a Keanu Reeves, a, a kind a pretty good Keanu Reeves action movie. Um, so, yeah, that that is why Berserker gets my best new series. I'm very excited to see where this thing goes. I'm very excited to see the properties that come out of it. Uh, have you seen I, I'm guessing you haven't yet. Have you seen the new matrix i did um want to give a non-spoiler review it's it's still pretty soon so i don't want to i don't want to spoil it have you ever have you ever seen a terminator genesis is that the bad one that's the bad one it's the terminator genesis of the matrix films oh i cannot disagree with you anymore it would be impossible for me to disagree with you more i fucking loved this movie Absolutely loved it. It's it might be my favorite Matrix film. I would probably give it to the original because the original is the original, and the original is why all of this exists. Yeah. But it's absolutely better than either of the, the trilogy sequels, if you ask me. And I, I think it, I uh, oh I mean I I I I didn't like Matrix Reloaded, and I I really don't remember much about Revelations. But I mean, it was what what I did. What I will say is like I didn't hate this movie, but I questioned why they needed to do it. I loved the uh, the effects for and money, everything. Renzo. For they money. even talked about it in the movie. Warner Brothers, <laughs> like demands. our parent company, Warner Brothers, is making us do this. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't know if it was quote unquote necessary, but I really loved it. I love the modern update of it. Um, I, I love that it, in this, I don't know. I don't want to give away the plot really, but you know, it, I love this new iteration of Keanu Reeves in the matrix and how it ties back to the original matrix. And it just, it all completely clicked for me. Now, part of that might've been you know, my state of mind in the theater, but we don't need to get into that. But I really, I really, really enjoyed this film. So that's my very short review of, if you're a matrix fan, I think you will enjoy this movie unless you're Remzo. Yeah. Like, like it was, it, it was a really good action film. I'll say that my, my question wasn't really the acting or anything. I love seeing Catherine Moss come back. I always love watching Keanu Reeves. Um, the guy that plays the new Morpheus is really cool. And they've got the one Jonas brother wife in there. And the chicken. I was played. ready. I was ready to not like the new Morpheus. I was ready to be like, Oh, come on. They should have brought, but it actually made sense in the story. And I really did enjoy how they use that, that, that character. And I don't even want to spoil what his origin is. I'd rather, you know, people just get that from the film. Yeah, like I, I, I didn't hate it, but I just wasn't like I wasn't floored with it or anything. So, I mean, I'm just kind of ambivalent towards it. I think people should watch it just because if you haven't seen a good new movie and you like Keanu Reeves, you're going to enjoy it. So, OK, well, it gets five stars from me. <laughs> oh, well, OK, well, well that's, 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 that's a bit. That, that, that's a bit. OK, well, that I could. OK, OK, uh, best, except four and a half, but not five. <laughs> it did. It's I. I. I even question the four and a half, but I mean, a five would have been too much. Um, best publisher. I, I know it's no, I know it's no wonder woman, 1984. Rims up, but, <laughs> you know. Those were during the dark ages, Mark. We, we didn't have movies coming <laughs> the dark out. Times. The dark times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> best publisher. This was hard, but um, you know, I, I, I look at consistency. I look at the overall um, influence that the books have, made this past year and when it comes to most of the talking space uh dc comics for me it it was it was hands down awesome now you're probably thinking remzo a lot of your best books were from image yeah but image also publishes a lot of stuff that i consider shit so you know for for that i can't really say that because of a few books alone that was enough for me to prompt image up there marvel was definitely never in the top two contending but with dc uh i mean they they did a lot with future state that i think soured a lot of people's opinions but a lot of stuff that's been coming out with batman ever since uh joker war and fear state and everything else it's it's been fantastic i mean i'm still collecting the batman the adventure continues series i'm still collecting justice league because even though while it might not be the best book out there it's still better than anything that marvel is doing ongoing right now i mean if anyone's seen the current state of the avengers comics that's just some hot flaming garbage right there um i mean the miniseries have have all done very well i mean they're, they're just getting really good talent to keep things going and i think what what dc has done which has set them up to be so successful in the realm of comic sales versus marvel is despite the fact that you know they're doing movies and shows and everything else they haven't lost sight even under their parent company at&t that they are a comic book company first and that's what they need to be good at and i feel that marvel has definitely lost uh, their side of that over the last decade and yeah, marvel is a, a movie and toy company that makes comics to remind you that they have movies and toys. <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, it was, uh, it, it was really a no brainer in terms of just comics alone. DC has been the best publisher this year. All right, well, fair enough. You, you make a strong case. And, uh, based on my other picks, you could definitely even 
pick out DC as, you know, exciting me the most in some ways. But the fact is I just didn't, I couldn't, the confusion of, of 5g and then 5g going away and then future state happening and then going back to the, like, I just, there was no book that I, other than the infinite frontier miniseries, which I obviously I already talked about and really enjoyed. Um, just, I couldn't get in into any DC ongoings besides that. Um, that's just me. So, you know, as you are someone who has been following those books more. So if you enjoyed them, I, I won't really make the argument against them, but for me, DC just didn't pull me in this year. And like I said, I mean, if, if I was going to choose between DC and Marvel, I probably would actually choose Marvel because to me, at least Marvel had like a few books. I really, really enjoyed, uh, in the form of Thor venom and immortal Hulk. Whereas DC didn't even have that for me, but I'm not going to give it to Marvel either. I am actually going to give it to image comics because I just straight out, appreciate the existence of image comics. I, this is a, a publisher that is, you know, even nowadays it's becoming easier to pub, to become an independent publisher. I mean, there's several um, creators that are now doing their comics through Substack, So I think that's awesome, but image is still the place that will consistently pump out original, interesting series. And maybe there's a lot of duds in there. Sure, but they always try different things and allow creators to just run wild, which is something you just really never see from from DC and Marvel with their their sort of top down editorial control of things. Uh, so I just appreciate the existence of Image Comics, and they've had a few books, even though I haven't really talked about them too too much. Um, I've mentioned it a couple times. I've loved crossover this year, absolutely loved crossover this year. Um, I also have, of course, I haven't mentioned it today, but my what continues to be one of my favorite ongoing titles is Savage Dragon. They are still the publisher uh, of Savage Dragon as well. Uh, they also published a book that I didn't love, but I enjoyed and really enjoyed. I always enjoy this combo. Uh, that was Geiger from Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Didn't blow me away, but I enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I can always count on image. Like you mentioned, they're, they're publishing Stillwater as well. I can always count on image to have at least three or four or five, like really, really good titles every year. And they're all going to feel very different very original and maybe there'll be a bunch of junk in there but it's a bunch of junk because they just allow creators to go wild and i'd rather see interesting attempts that that somewhat some of it turns into junk than just the same old stale stuff that you get from most of marvel and a lot of dc so just for their existence in the comic book industry maybe they'll become less relevant relevant as it becomes easier and easier uh for independent publishers or for independent creators to publish their own stuff and obviously we have other companies like boom studios idw stuff like that that are other outlets but to me image really is still the leader of quote-unquote independent comics and independent comics are ultimately what i do appreciate the most therefore i give it to image comics that's very fair i i think i, I think i would have i think if dc had not been doing so many uh miniseries I think I would have gone with with image because overall the consistency of just good quality books month by month have been better. But you know, so it was just a few of the a few of the uh, limited series from DC that just really upped its game this year. Especially like you know, last year DC was the only publisher really putting out books that people talked about with um with with uh, death metal and everything else. So to go from one big event over to another couple big events throughout a year 
um, they they kept the consistency. The fans might might not have loved it as much, but that's hard for a publisher to do. So I, I had that that was the only reason why they edged out Image. I mean, it was it was neck and neck for a bit. I had to think about this a couple of days, and you know, Marvel for me, Mar- Marvel didn't come up because the only Marvel stuff I was reading has really been the only Marvel stuff I've been really reading for the last couple of years. It's all been Chip Zdarsky and Donnie Kate's books, but I, I don't really love Marvel more because of that. I love it because I just think those guys are awesome writers. Indeed. Yeah. Very fair all the way around. Um, all right. Well, moving on then we have a couple more categories. We are done with the comic books. Now we're going to be talking a little TV and film. Why don't we start with the one that I think will be a little more contentious here and a little bit more of a, a challenge to, to dig into, but why don't we start with our best comic book based TV series well, I already know your your pick, but this was very difficult for me. So I'll let you lay out yours first. Actually, I've 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 changed I've changed my pick. Okay, because Let's hear it. because I really want to think about this. Every so often, there's a TV show that when people look at it, they're like, "Why? Why is this here? Why is it necessary? It looks like shit." This show surprised me from episode one. And I think I talk about this series more than anything else. And I'll give you a hint for a few seconds to buy you some time, folks. It originally was a series that Caleb Franz and I did a review for over on Patreon. But as I thought more about Talking it, on the Winter Soldier. Nah, ugh, ugh, don't say that evil, Ricky Bobby. But as I thought more about it, I was like, you know what? No. When I think of shows that just make me feel all types of emotions and everything else, it's got to be the one that has really taken people by surprise and it is superman and lois ah, over on cw okay. interesting pick i only watched an episode or two and it i didn't stop watching it because it wasn't good I, I i did find the 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 characters interesting and it was well done i just i just don't have a lot of time for tv so unless i'm super super sucked in i'm not gonna stay sucked in i'm not gonna stay on it. i, I feel like a lot of the shows i watched because i felt obligated to because we had to produce content for the show uh you know there are other shows i really liked that i just didn't have time to watch either because it, it wasn't something i had to deliver for listeners like I, I have to go back and watch the new doom patrol and i didn't even finish titans but the one show that was my absolute guilty pleasure where, where it was like put away the phone nobody talked to me everyone leave me alone i have to watch it as it comes on was definitely superman lois it's been some of the best TV I've seen in a very long time. Well, for mine, this was such a hard choice for me. And it, it did all come down to, even though there were some other shows that were good out there, to me, the quality of programming that we got from the uh, phase four of the Marvel Disney Plus shows was so high that it, it, it A, became obvious that I was going to pick a title from there, and B, that also made it so hard because, in all honesty, I enjoyed even Falcon and Winter Soldier, as much as we hate on it, it's not terrible. I, I think there was just there was some clunkiness to it. it. It probably got screwed over by rewritings and pandemic stuff and, and things of that nature. It's the worst of the lot, but it's far Certainly. not the worst overall. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the worst of a bunch of very high quality shows yeah. um, and does have its flaws. And it, it is if I was going to rank them, it would be last. But I'd probably still rather watch that than a lot of other TV out there. I mean, I still do enjoy uh, I do enjoy Anthony. Anthony Mackie and uh, what's his face? I love Sebastian that. I do Stan. love their 
Sebastian Stan, yeah, I do love their, they have very good, you know, buddy comedy uh, chemistry and, you know, that alone and just, you know, the, the tie-ins to the rest of the Marvel Universe. I, I I enjoyed watching it. I was never angry or upset that I had watched an episode, except for maybe the finale and some of the stuff in there, but whatever. Uh, I'm not here to talk about them, but to me, it even what if, which I didn't, I didn't catch every episode as they came out. It, it never felt like I needed to, to watch it because I didn't think it mattered. And now it's now, you know, based on some trailers, oh, and things matters, for some other right. movies. yeah, it, it appears very much to matter. So that actually is retroactively, I think upgraded. What if for a bit for me as well, that was a very fun show. Uh, but to me, it's, it's almost like, it's almost a three-way tie, and I will make a pick, but it is almost a three-way tie to me between WandaVision, Loki, and Hawkeye. And maybe some of that is recency bias, because I just finished Hawkeye, and I loved the finale. I absolutely loved the finale. A lot of people complained about um, the portrayal of the Kingpin in that. I don't see the issue. Like the only, the I, I think he was it, it picked up right where we left off. You can imagine it's the same uh, Netflix, uh, you know, Kingpin, or you can imagine it's just a you know a, a time variant version of it. Either way, Vincent D'Onofrio still killed it for me. Uh, maybe he didn't Loved chop it. anyone's head off because we're on Disney, but you know, whatever. Uh, to me, I thought thought it was amazing, and I really, really, really enjoyed Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. He had amazing chemistry with, with Haley Stanfield, Steinfeld, Stanfield, whatever. They were awesome. Um, so that that made this you know in, the, in these final moments trying to pick these awards even more difficult because I am to me it's right up there uh with Loki and WandaVision and I know Loki is the popular pick and I get why Loki was awesome I mean Tom Hiddleston is freaking amazing um we got time variants we got multiverse we got, we got Owen the Wilson we got Owen Wilson wow, wow. Um, I mean yeah his his Mobius and Mobius was just amazing and the chemistry that him and Hiddleston have is, is awesome perfectly set up the season two while also introducing the multiverse really fully to to us and the concept to us and this concept of time variance these concepts that become very very um not not just interesting but integral to what's going down in the marvel universe obviously all of this is going to lead into dr strange and the multiverse of madness um so I, I really do love that show but at the end of the day i really just had to think about what show did i what show captured me in a way that i was excited we to week and it has been a long long time maybe since maybe since like the days of breaking bad that i've spent a week between shows excited about the next episode postulating what's going to happen in the next episode and a lot i know a lot, a lot of people were disappointed they, they think it didn't stick the landing but i really think that's just a problem of of expectations and unrealistic expectations put on by fans and uh mestizo searching and all this stuff but I, I am giving my best show to wandavision it was a very difficult choice i know you don't love it i i i i, I did like yeah i don't know when you started thinking i hated it i think it's because i well, criticized said, yeah, it started when you said wandavision was trash on an episode we did that, that that's why i think I, it was I, you know i, I think that is a quote ramzo i think i was wrong man because i i don't, I don't hate that, that day i think maybe because i really did like wandavision Okay. Um, but yeah, that day you, you didn't like it as much. So that, that's what gave me the impression. But anyway, yeah, I mean, for me, it, what put it over the edge for me is it each week I was just so excited. And I think what really puts it over even more is the way they integrated these um, these sitcom parodies. And I am such a huge sitcom fan. Like I grew up watching every sitcom, not just the sitcoms from the days I was growing up, but I also used to watch all the sitcoms that used to be air and reruns from the 60s, 70s, uh, even some of the 50s stuff that they that they parodied, like the Dick Van Dyke show. I mean, I, I got all that stuff so well. And I just think they did such a good job. Oh, with those. oh I'm sorry. I remember I remember saying why it was trash. It was because it, was, it, it was because of Ralph Boner. Oh, just be all because of it was all because of that. It was awesome. It was perfect until they did that, and I'm like, you fucking ruined it. 
Well, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, that was that was a red herring to just entice fans. I mean, they literally just cast him as the Quicksilver just for this reason, just to like you know make us think is this multiverse? But I still liked it. It worked for me. I mean, even that worked for me in the moment. Yeah, I didn't love the reveal of now he's just this guy. Who they ruined just, him. Yeah. They ruined Agatha him. Put, yeah. yeah, Agatha just put a spell on him, and she was kind of he was just kind of doing her bidding. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a show that I I was excited about every week, and it was a show that I was you know had all the theories about every week and it, but they really just nailed those parodies so freaking well. And I mean, just the, what uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany just turned into the best performances I've ever seen on a show. I mean, just the, the range that, that they could do by, by going in and out of these different sitcom parodies and then going back to their, their current characters. And I, I really thought the emotion really felt there at the end, uh, especially when, when we really realized that Wanda actually kind of is the villain in this whole thing. You, you kind of want to tell yourself, maybe she's not, maybe she's being controlled by something. There was the, Agatha all along reveal and introducing Catherine Hahn into the MCU, which I think is awesome. She's getting her own series. Um, but it turned out that it really was. Uh, it really was Scarlet Witch. And I, I really love that Shades of Grey where it's like, yeah, she's a hero. But and we feel so much sympathy for her because she's suffered so much loss. We go through all of her her tragedies you know, over the course of her life. Um, but she's done a really bad thing. And now she has to go in a cabin and think about what she's done and search for her kids across the multiverse. And I, I love what it sets up for the character. I love that it makes this character one that maybe maybe this character should be arrested by a by a multiversal uh, not multiversal but uh you know by some kind of super police force and maybe will be at some point down the road because she has certainly committed major crimes in this series while still feeling sympathy for the character and how she got there because she didn't understand the power that she had she didn't understand the chaos magic uh this really introduced the, us to it so i think it did so much for the character and again what marvel does so well on these D- disney plus shows and in the movies too is they take concepts from the comics but they don't just regurgitate them they just they take little seeds of them and they make original stories out of them and this was something they definitely did i think with wandavision they took elements of uh house of m elements of a lot of the old avengers um like the the the, um there was a scarlet witch i think a scarlet witch vision series that that took a lot of elements of this and also the vision series where vision just tries to go and live like a normal life in a town so they incorporated elements of all of these really good stories from the, the history of marvel while still creating an entirely original story so i'm always impressed by by whenever they're able to do that by the way uh, along the way we got the awesome tandem of um darcy lewis and what's his freaking name from ant-man the um fbi guy yeah and then then you on top of that you get uh the the tandem of darcy lewis and jimmy woo coming together which there's always been already been like fan support for can they get their own series where they're like a, a, a Mulder and scully just going around dealing with like superhero stuff um i really enjoyed their integration into the series so this this just hit on me for on so many levels it was close i did consider taking loki and i even briefly considered taking hawkeye over it um but at the end of the day I really did enjoy this so much week to week that it would be it would be going against my own personal instincts to not give it this award to WandaVision. So WandaVision does get my best series of the year, but it was tough. Mar- Marvel and Disney made it very tough. Absolutely. Well, this one should be a no brainer. It's the best comic book film of the year. Maybe. Maybe. Well, how could it be? Maybe I'm talking Spider-Man. No way home. We're jumping right in. All right. So we did do a non-spoiler review. No, we did. Well, I did a non-spoiler review and then Remzo, Caleb and I did a spoiler review. I think we're going to drop that to the, to the main feed to give you a little taste of what we do on Patreon, but I won't, I, I will still try to generally avoid spoilers during this since there might still be somehow some people that haven't seen it yet. So We'll try to keep it spoiler free, mostly. But it was awesome. Of course, this movie was awesome. Um, and 
before this movie came out, I, I probably might have given this award to Shang-Chi because I really enjoyed Shang-Chi. That was one one of the more fun movie theater experiences I've had. I've seen that movie three times now, Remzo style, wow. and I've enjoyed it every single every single time I've enjoyed it. So, I mean, Shang-Chi was my leading contender going into the month of December. But yes, No Way Home did deliver on expectations uh, more so. It almost over-delivered on expectations or at least, at least met them, which is really hard to do about a movie that we've been talking about for like a year. Year, uh, on this show. I mean, this movie has been so hyped up with all of the, you know, leaks and rumors and everything. And it's really hard for a movie that with this much hype, probably the most hyped up movie since, you know, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War to deliver on the hype and to, 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 for you to leave that, that theater with that. Wow. That, Oh my God, that was amazing feeling. It's hard to top that. The only reason I said maybe, and, I, and I'm probably still going to stick with no way home is I, I forgot that this was the, also the year of the Snyder Cut, Rams. Only, only reason why I would say I, I wouldn't even consider the Snyder Cut as a contender isn't because it's not deserving. Now, I would put this as one of the I would put I would put Zack Snyder's Justice League as one of the best superhero movies ever made. But the yeah, only me, reason, me but the only reason why I wouldn't put it for 2021 is because technically it's a film from 2018, and it's a story that while it's a very different movie, it's a story we already kind of knew. And um, I don't think it's fair for the others to be compared to the Snyder Cut simply because of everything that went on around it. I think I wanted to stick with stuff that we hadn't been already familiar with before. And, um, you know, Shang-Chi was good. Black Widow was good. I would say that Phase 4 Marvel, when you also include the shows, has not been my favorite era of Marvel. But not only was Spider-Man No Way Home the best superhero film of the year, but it was the best one of phase four. It's also just one of the best that have come out in recent memory. So for this film, which is probably the most hyped and speculated cinema experience ever. It, I mean, it it, it was even, it had the ability to surpass the Snyder cut in terms of sheer expectation. And and I'm going to stick with no way home as well. Cause like we said, you know, it's kind of, Snyder Cut, yes, it came out in 2021, but it was kind of mostly shot a few years ago and yada, yada, yada. And um, and No Way Home just really did. It was one of those movies that you could go and bring anybody who's even any kind of Spider-Man fan. And even if they're not a total comic nerd and they would absolutely enjoy the movie. I, I saw this in person and uh, it was just it's just such a fun movie. But not only that, it actually is a movie that has heart. And I think it actually solved a lot of the problems that we have had with the Tom Holland Spider-Man character over the years. It's it's kind of bringing him back to his roots in many ways, and it's also giving him a lot more of that personal with great power comes great responsibility uh, situation without spoiling the events of the film. Um, so I, I really did enjoy that they. Fi- I think they finally realized, all right, we gotta we gotta make Spider-Man Spider-Man. Like that's what's missing here. Tom Holland's awesome as Peter Parker, but Spider-Man has not been treated like Spider-Man. He's been treated as Kid Tony Stark. Um, it almost seemed like you know one fear of this movie is is he would be kid dr strange luckily that's not really how it played out he actually it was kind of more of a foe of dr strange in this movie and sort of outsmarted him which which really just added to the character and and i I really think that we saw the intelligence of peter parker in this movie displayed more than we have in, in any other previous movies um they didn't really get into how freaking smart this kid is supposed to be like he's not just a kid who happened to get spider powers he's also a fucking genius and i think the first couple movies the first couple portrayals of him yeah they mentioned he was smart and like getting scholarships to like tony stark's whatever but it wasn't really we didn't really see that in action as much as we did here and of course 
Well, we're trying not to spoil. So I'll just leave it at that. But let's just say this delivered on expectations to the max. So I will agree with you, even though I will give the Snyder Cut a very, very honorable recommend. Um, what's the word? Very, very honorable. Honorable. Uh, Runner up. Man, I haven't. Yeah, if you have not seen the spider cut, the spider cut. If you have not seen the Snyder cut of Justice League, you're you're making bad decisions with your life. You need to go see that. Indeed, um, and I think that wraps our awards, Remzo. That's it. Does it not? This felt good. All right, well, this felt right. It did. It did. Well, if if you have enjoyed the year with us here at Second Print Comics. There's one thing that we haven't even mentioned this entire show, but you can help us grow this show, help support our efforts here to create this amazing community. And we have built an amazing community here. Uh, I've really been awesome getting to know a lot of our fans, especially uh, those of us at the, um, the journey into mystery level on our Patreon that we get to have monthly calls with, um, which we need to schedule. It just reminded me. Um, and yeah, but we, it's really been fun getting to just actually know the people that listen to the show and to build that community. So if you want to help us continue to do that, you can head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. Like I said, we did a spoiler-filled uh, No Way Home review. Caleb and I just finished up the Hawkeye review series coming very, very soon. We will have Boba Fett recaps as well. We also have shows like Remzo Rants. We got What Mark Miss. We have just a plethora of content for you on Patreon. And from now, from the moment you are listening to this program through the end of the year, only a couple more days until December 31st, we're offering a huge deal on our Patreon for anyone who joins at an annual membership level, you will get not one, but two free months. That's a 16% discount on any level. So theoretically, this could be up to a $150 discount if you were to join at our Infinity Gauntlet level, um, which is the $75 level. That, that is our highest level. So if you did join on an annual membership at that level, you would save $150, get to advertise a product of yours that we'll mention every week. Uh, you get to produce a show every three months. Uh, so many perks. And you can get them at a massive, massive discount by heading over to patreon.com slash secondprintpod. Remzo, anything else to mention? Well, folks, we want to thank you for an amazing year, but we're looking forward to another amazing year and many, many amazing years to come. Happy New Year. And remember, if nothing else, read comics and change the world. Change the world. Good night, America. Adios. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. 
Convert your current recess lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big in all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 